It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, every day, every day, every day. We welcome you to episode number 285 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Uh, as always, you can follow the podcast at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins on Twitter. Uh, you can email me, russellmania09 at gmail.com. That's russellmania09 at gmail.com. Or you can follow me individually on Twitter, not just Redskins related, uh, at russellmania621, at russellmania621. As always, you can hear me on 1067 The Fan in Washington, D.C., or anywhere in the world on the radio.com app. As well, you can read me in Warpath Magazine via subscription only through American Sports Media. Warpath Magazine, go check them out. Just do a little Google search, see how you can sign up and uh, get a subscription to Warpath Magazine, which my friend Rick Snyder is the editor and publisher of and other Redskins media folks write for. So you can do that as well. Um, so speaking of writing, we start uh, this episode, episode number 285, on a very somber note. Uh, and I promise I won't go too far on this. Um, but on Saturday night, after I put episode number 284 uh, to bed, and um, that's all about Sonny Jurgensen and a lot of happy moments and memories uh, that I had. Uh, part of being on a beat for as long as I was, six years every day, uh, and much more removed now and have been the last couple of years, but I've still been around enough. Um, part of being on a beat is you compete with other media outlets. You compete with other reporters. You sometimes have personalities that clash, sometimes people that do get along, some people that don't get along. Uh, and you're in a very, at least at Redskins Park, you're in a very tight-knit community. Uh, you have a lot of reporters in a small room, quite honestly, not enough room. The Redskins keep taking away room um, because, you know, they need room for their marketing and business people. Uh, so there have been... You know, a lot of days where you're spent in very close proximity to a lot of people and sometimes they annoy you and you annoy them and they stink or you stink, you know, or whatever. Uh, and either way, I mean, if you're a decent person, you develop relationships and you build relationships. And sometimes they're complex. Sometimes they're easy. Sometimes they're straight up. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're really good. Sometimes they're just it's just business. Again, Life stuff, just like what you would do each and every day at your office or workplace or school or whatever. But in a lot of cases, you develop close kinship and friendship with a lot of people. Um, you know, I I um, 
you know, I've always prided myself on on treating people fairly and and well. I, that's not to say that I'm I don't rub people the wrong way and annoy people and drive people crazy. I do all of that, um, and I know I have. But you know, for the most part, I've developed really, really, really good friendships with guys like John Kime of ESPN and uh, the aforementioned Rick Snyder of Warpath Magazine, uh, and um, you know, all sorts of people. Um, you know, Grant Paulson uh, of 1067, the fan of the athletic and, and NBC sports, Washington, Sky Kirstein, uh, who now works in Detroit. Uh, so many people that have come through Rich Campbell, the Chicago Tribune, who used to be here it, again on down at JP Finley, um, just on and on and on and on. And sometimes, you know, you have to work around people and have respect for people that maybe you're not as close to. Um you know, and quite honestly, that was the case for me and Joe White. Not that we weren't, not that we weren't friendly to each other. We were, um, but I wouldn't say that we were close, close friends. Uh, we respected each other. I, I respected Joe, um. And I think he tolerated me, and maybe he respected me. I hope he respected me to some degree. I think he did, uh, based on many interactions. Um, and while we never really hung out outside of work, uh, I always appreciated Joe because, you know, he was a nice guy uh, who was kind of quirky and weird in some ways, uh, but was a gentleman, uh, was passionate about what he did was dedicated to his craft, was truly unique, and he was himself. And he did what he wanted to do. And he did it under the context and under the umbrella that the Associated Press put on him, which I think sometimes didn't allow him to show his true personality. That's okay. He worked within those confines. He did a professional job. He reported the news. He asked the tough questions. He was fair. Uh, I think sometimes he was tough. Um, he was the first guy to ask the question after home games, after every practice. Uh, Joe didn't travel on the road when I was on the beat. I'm not sure if he did that before 2009. But Joe White passed away on Saturday at the age of 56, and... Um, you know, for those of you that don't know who he is, um, if you've consumed Redskins media, you've probably heard his name. Um, you know, maybe you followed him uh, at one point. Um, you know, maybe if you kind of were old school and you and you read, again, the Associated Press copy or uh, the Associated Press online or what have you, you would know the name. Joe wasn't a polarizing personality, one that was bombastic or one that was on TV or one that was on the radio a lot. Uh, I remember having him one time to talk about uh, a great thing that he wrote about Stephen Bowen, uh, the former Redskin defensive, and that started you know, a foundation in honor of his late son, uh, who he lost. Uh, and I thought, you know, Joe encapsulized it, you know, great. And Joe, again, did a professional yeoman's job each and every time, each and every day. 
And Joe um, was 56 when he passed away on Saturday. And so many people, like on the Redskins beat, Redskins Media Corps, um, chimed in and weighed in on what stories they had of Joe, Joseph, um, you know, and it's hard. It's hard reading it um, because, you know, again, you compete against these people for breaking stories, for coverage, for readership, for listenership, for eyeballs, whatever, but they're people. They're human beings, and you work around them so many days, so many years, you know, all six of my years, well, I guess, yeah, all six of my years on the beat, Joe White was there nearly every single day, you know, and so you get to know people, and he would bring in pies. Sometimes people would eat them. Sometimes people would be like, you know, what did Joe make today? Minced meat pie, fruit pie, fruit rhubarb pie, whatever it was, you know. Some people, I mean, every Christmas, and I felt bad I never really did this because I was so overwhelmed and so busy with kids and the, and the beat and the job. You know, he'd bring in cookies, individualized for everyone. Um, I remember one training camp down in Richmond. Maybe it was the first one. You know, he and a couple other reporters lived together in a house and, you know, Joe would always want them to do activities together and they would want to kind of just do their own thing. So there was always this drama. Um, and, you know, Joe was, again, he was unique. He retired from the AP to go buy a health food store called Cranberries in Staunton, Virginia. And he just gave up his career. He didn't want to do it anymore. He would ride his bike around. You'd always see Joe. He'd look at the stars. Um, you know, again, he was quirky. He was weird. He was strange. He was everybody's like uncle. Um, but he he gave up his career to do what he wanted to do. And he bought this place from the original owner's. Uh, and he was proud of it. Um, and, you know, I hadn't talked, you know, except for a text to Joe in the last several months. So, you know, I feel really bad about that. But he passed away at the age of uh, 56, um, according to his brother and according to uh, newsleader.com and Patrick Height, who uh, was uh, is a writer um, in one last thing about Joe, um, in June and in July, just recently, he returned from uh, hiking the Appalachian Trail. He didn't finish it. Uh, he broke his wrist on July 17th. He had already hiked 1,400 miles of 2,220 Um and that he wanted to get back and do it. He was the AP Sports Writer of the Year in 2005, was the D.C. correspondent you know, for the AP for 20-plus years, covered the Redskins mostly, uh, from North Carolina, was a DJ before that, worked for Voice of America. Uh, Joe White was you know, a man's man, and again, 
did what he wanted to do. And, you know, I um, I don't know, you know, I don't know the proper words to say other than, you know, I, I, I feel bad about um, not getting to talk to him recently. And, you know, one of the last conversations we had wasn't quite honestly pleasant. Um, and Joe was a little bit mad at me, if I could admit that, um, about something I said. And, you know, I probably should have been, you know, not that I was disrespectful, but I, I was more stuck in my ways. Uh, and I argued back and I snapped back. And that was the last interaction we had. Uh, I understand he was at training camp just last week, uh, maybe a week and a half ago. So I'm glad he got to spend some time with everybody there. Um, but we'll miss you, Joe. And, um, you know, life doesn't life isn't easy. Life isn't fun. Uh, Joe, Joe White covered the Redskins and he did a reporter's job. Um, and, you know, good for him that he got to do what he wanted to do. Uh, I'm sure he was never expecting this. Uh, I don't know exactly what happened. Um, but, you know, Joe did what he wanted to do. He he left covering the Redskins and, and the Associated Press because it wasn't fulfilling. He bought the store, again, Cranberries, back in 2015, a health food store, restaurant. It was already established. He moved there. He worked there. He had pride. He kept in touch with people. He kept his eyes on everything. Uh, and he was universally respected. Uh, not everybody, you know, again, hung out with Joe outside of work. You know, I don't hang out with anybody outside of work, quite honestly. I uh, just don't have the time nor the energy. Uh, but Joe did what he, Joe wanted to do. And he lived life, albeit short, to its fullest. So rest in peace, Joe. Um, and uh, I'm sorry that we didn't get a chance to say goodbye, uh, but I'll always respect you. And, uh, you know, I, I'll always respect you. And I'm so sorry uh, that this ha has happened. And I, I really respect and admire you. Uh, you did it your way. Rest in peace, Joe White, age 56. Uh, we'll be back uh, on the Lockdown Redskins podcast. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
This is uh, episode number 285. While we remember my friend uh, and colleague, Joe White, uh, formerly of the Associated Press and the Redskins beat, I'll, I'll add one more story. Joe always asked the first question in every press conference, whether it be injuries, whether it be the main story, whatever the tone might be. You know, I do know this. Certainly he, you know, he ruffled some feathers. Mike Shanahan wasn't always thrilled. I, you know, Jay Gruden, I think he only covered for one year and maybe change of Jay Gruden's tenure. Uh, I'm sure Jay Gruden wasn't always thrilled. Uh, but Joe always had that respect to be the first person to ask the first question uh, at home, uh, at FedEx field after a game, win or loss, uh, at practice uh, or after practice every day in 2014 um, and beyond or before. Uh, so, you know, hope you guys can understand me taking some time to reminisce and, and remember and pay respect and pay homage uh, in the best way I can uh, to another member of the Redskins beat that has contributed to covering the Washington Redskins. Uh, and some of you may look at media as being evil. Some of you may look at media as being dastardly, um, not necessary, as being intrusive, uh, as trying to stir the pot. And all of that could be true. Uh, but that wasn't Joe White. And that's not really what the media is. Uh, I can just tell you from being a part of the media and being on that beat, um, there are times where you have to be critical and there are times where you say something maybe a little too strong and there are times where you annoy people and rub people the wrong way and really make people upset. Trust me, I'm doing that right now. Not right this second, but in general. It's a tough job. It's a tough lifestyle. It takes you away from your family and, um, you know, a lot, uh, you know, Joe had a son and, you know, I don't know, you know, exactly their relationship and obviously had a brother and, you know, I, I feel bad for them. Uh, and uh, I hope Joe's uh, going to be able to rest in peace and know that he made some really good contributions and, and uh, you know, he should be proud of the legacy that he leaves behind. All right. Um, so let's get to this uh, as we go along here on episode number 285 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Um, on Sunday, the Redskins wrapped up their final practice at the Richmond Bon Secours Redskin Training Center. And this is the end of year number seven. And we've talked about this um from time to time, and I believe on episode number 284, you know, where we don't know, quite honestly, if this is, you know, just one year remaining, there's an outside, outside chance that this could have been it, uh, that the Redskins and the city of Richmond strike a deal to end the, the, the contract um, because they're not going to extend the contract beyond an eighth year. Um, that is an outside possibility, but I suppose it's still on the table. Uh, either way, things kind of get back to normal a little bit where all the players can be in their own homes or apartments or whatever. And, you know, they're back at Redskins Park and the whole team's at Redskins Park and you're not staying in a hotel and fans are not able to watch practice and there's less distractions. Um, so there's a lot of good things uh, that can come uh, of the Redskins wrapping up training camp uh, in Richmond. They did it by making a bunch of roster moves uh, on Sunday as well. Uh, so why don't we go over that uh, right now? They signed quarterback Jalen McClendon 
formerly of Baylor University and NC State. That's right. I said Baylor University. Jalen McClendon, a 6'5", 200 and nearly 20-pound quarterback from Charlotte, North Carolina. He was a graduate transfer from North Carolina State uh, after completing his undergrad degree in May of 2018. Uh, He played at uh, Baylor uh, again in in twenty um, in in twenty eighteen, um, and he appeared in nine games, only making uh, one start uh, for Baylor. Not a lot there. He was undrafted. Uh, he was signed on with Baltimore. They let him go. Uh, look at this point. I think it's pretty safe to say him assume that Jalen McClendon is not going to be around when the Redskins go to Philadelphia. Uh, the question, I guess, would be is could they find a way, if they really like his skill set, to carry him on the practice squad? Maybe. Will he be able to play Thursday night against the Cincinnati Bengals? I don't know how much. I, I mean, I'm sure he'll get plenty of playing time in that fourth preseason game uh, against, ironically, the Ravens. So uh, we'll have to see what happens with there. Jay Gruden, when asked about Jalen McClendon, uh, the quarterback, again, newly signed, he said, quote, well, he'll obviously be the fourth quarterback, and try and get him some snaps out here and maybe clean up some games there. Third or fourth preseason game, maybe. So, I mean, it looks like uh, the plan is for all three quarterbacks, meaning Colt McCoy, Case Keenum, and Dwayne Haskins to play on Thursday night in the preseason home opener against the Cincinnati Bengals. But what was interesting from practice on Sunday uh, according to Craig Hoffman, my colleague at 1067 the fan at Craig Hoffman is it looked like Colt McCoy just wasn't right and he walked off the field with a trainer. Uh, he now apparently he checked out okay. Uh, we'll keep an eye on it, but as Craig noted, uh, and I put this up at Locked Redskins, as Craig noted, he hadn't looked right all week. We talked earlier this week plenty about the injury at the end of practice on Monday, coming back on Tuesday in a modified practice, not playing. Uh, On Thursday, days off on Wednesday and Friday. Uh, It's very important for Colt McCoy, obviously, to be out on the field to show he can come back. Maybe he came back too early. I don't know. Maybe there's truly nothing. Maybe this was just a moment. I don't know. Um, But the bottom line is, is, you know, if you're Colt McCoy, you know that you have to find a way to prove and stay healthy. You have to. Uh, I believe he's got to fairly significantly outplay Case Keenum. Uh, there are others, including my partner on Sunday morning, Saturday and Sunday morning on 106.7 The Fan for now, Tom Lavero, who feels like he's just got to you know, slightly win the job because Jay Gruden loves Colt McCoy. Uh, you know, there is some truth to that. I-, I guess the only question is, is you know, is Jay Gruden making that decision, number one? Number two, you know, if Jay Gruden loves Colt McCoy like he does, he, you know, he hadn't had enough ability to stand on a table and fight for him to win the starting job because, it, you know, he's been he's started plenty of games, but he's lost plenty of wars in that battle if we're to believe that Colt McCoy is just basically some sacrificial lamb. So that's an interesting kind of circumstance there with the quarterback situation. But Jay saying, you know, third or fourth preseason game maybe, that doesn't mean that McClendon won't play Thursday, but it seems likely that Jay will – have McCoy probably start, Case Keenum after that. Maybe McCoy plays three or four series. Case Keenum plays two or three or four series. Uh, Dwayne Haskins plays, you know, 
I mean, at that point, the rest of the game. And maybe, you know, maybe it's more than four series, uh, you know, that that Case Keenum and Colt McCoy play. Maybe Colt McCoy plays five series if things are going well. We just don't know. Just don't know. We won't know. Again, the count on Thursday was three series for Case Keenum, six series for Dwayne Haskins, all the way to the end of the third quarter, and then the rest of the game uh, on uh, Josh Woodrum. Uh, did clear waivers. He's on the reserve injured list, so the Redskins keep control of him. They can keep him around the building as he rehabs. He can learn the system uh, even more. The Redskins also waived wide receiver T.J. Ramming. It's just kind of a crowded position area. Uh, they also waived the following player designated as injured, Garrett Sickles, uh, and uh, they signed defensive back cornerback Dewan Neal and linebacker Daryl Williams, along with Jalen McClendon. So that's your roster moves. We'll come back and we'll finish things up, put the icing uh, on the cake. Uh, and again, we remember uh, my former colleague uh, and um, and a guy who I had respect and admiration for, Joe White, who passed away uh, at the age of 56. So uh, please say a prayer and keep his family uh, and Joseph uh, in your thoughts. What's up, guys? It's Chris Russell, Locked on Redskins. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Not to go to work, not to go to the store because you forgot something, but ready to go to the bedroom. That's right. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, fellas. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, and you can be ready to go whenever the opportunity comes about. If you could benefit from a little extra function, fellas, and more confidence where it matters, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew. Is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. If you visit BlueChew.com, you get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping again. That's B-L-U-E Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. Get it now, guys. All right, we come back right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. And unfortunately, we just don't have a whole lot of time to do much of anything else and to really sink into anything. Again, the practice schedule for this week is as the Redskins transfer back home is they'll practice Tuesday, probably be a light practice, and then they'll have a walkthrough on Wednesday, which is closed to the media, and then they host the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday night at FedEx Field at 7.30. The Bengals losing to the Kansas City Chiefs on Saturday night at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. So that's your schedule for the next couple of days. We will have plenty of coverage and looks ahead to the Bengals and the Redskins this week. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for giving me the time to uh, reminisce and pay tribute to Joe White. Again, please keep him in your thoughts and prayers uh, and realize that everybody has a role in life and everyone has a number, and it's just a matter of when your number is called. Rest in peace, Joe. Uh, We'll miss you, uh, and I have no doubt about it, undying respect for you. Um, And thank you for trying to help me when 
I guess you could have been a jerk. Uh, and when you could have been uh, probably louder about it. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so thank you, Joe. Uh, and uh, I wish uh, nothing but happy thoughts, uh, you know, to everyone, all my friends and colleagues uh, that knew Joe and respected Joe and liked Joe, um, you know, to be as happy as, as you can be on a very, very, very sad day. All right, adios. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.